buying behavior has changed. Prospects don't click on links and emails anymore, and they don't watch the videos you spend hours creating every week. Instead, send personalized gifts and memes using Vidyu. You can quickly create engaging, personalized content that immediately grabs your prospect's attention, helps you stand out in the inbox, and does it all without forcing them to click anything or go anywhere. Head over to vidyou.io slash salescast to sign up for free and spend less time getting your messages across and more time selling. In the world of sales, you either sink, swim, or break through to the next level. My name's Colin Mitchell, and this is Sales Transformation, a new kind of sales show designed to bring you through the epic, life-changing moments of elite sellers so you can experience your own sales transformation. Hey, before we start today's episode, I wanted to bring you in on the best kept secret in B2B sales. If you're serious about social selling and your only strategy is cold DMs through LinkedIn, you're missing the mark big time. Learn how a fully managed revenue generating podcast can change your life and your pipeline at salescast.co. All right. Welcome to another episode of Sales Transformation. Very excited to have Rory Vaden on today. He's the co-founder over at Brand Builders Group and a New York Times bestselling author. Rory, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Man, Colin, it's good to be here. It's so great to be with you. I know we've got some mutual friends and I have to tell you, um, my wife and I started a sales training company back in 2006 and we lived in this world like nonstop for 12 years. We had about 200 people. We built an eight-figure business. We did all sales coaching and sales consulting. We sold it in 2018. Hmm. And then, you know, since then, we've been doing more of like personal brand strategy and helping people build like their own personal brands. And so we haven't been as much in like the tactical selling every day. Um, so I'm really excited to like dive in, dive back into this a little. Yeah. So why don't you take us back a little bit of like building that sales consulting company and, um, you know, to build, you know, t- to a eight figure business with 200 employees is, is, you know, a pretty, pretty big deal. So talk us, t- tell me a little bit about that experience. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, like for me, my dream was really to be a speaker. Like originally I just, you know, when I was, I went, um, I went door to door for five years when I was in college. So I knocked on doors 14 hours a day, six days a week on straight commission, paid all mm. of my own expenses. I had to knock on doors to find a place to live in the summer. Cause we went to a state that was away from home and we literally had to convince strangers to let us rent out their basement or their attic. Um, And I, over the course of a few years when I was in my undergrad, I recruited 57 people directly to come with me. And then I developed like a downline from that organization. And so that was where I started. And, um, you know, we would have the big sales rallies. And so they would have these speakers come in. And I was like, man, that is what I want to do one day. And so I got into speaking and, uh, and, you know, the, the, 
when we started the company, we were 22, I was 22. Um, my, my wife, who was a stranger at the time, she was just a business partner. We had a mutual friend. Uh, she was 22, we were 23. And we figured out that the fastest way to get to speak at events was to do our own events. Mm-hmm. And so what we did was we literally, Colin, took the Yellow Pages phone book, <laughs> um, the business section, and we literally ripped it out into fourths. There were four of us in the very beginning. And we said, okay, you're gonna call these people, you call these people. And we straight up cold called out of the yellow pages. And what we did was we we called on sales managers and we said, let us come in. We'll do a free one hour sales training for your team. And if we can convince your sales team that we know something about sales that they could benefit from, then give us a chance to sell them at the end to come to our event. So we were selling sales training to salespeople on how to come, uh, coming to an event on how to learn how to sell more. And the speakers were us and we were in our twenties and we (laughs) were selling all of these, you know, people who've been in for years, but we actually were really good at it. And we developed a lot of, you know, systems and methodologies, um, not the least of which was the, uh, my first book, which was called Take the Stairs. And Take the Stairs is all about the psychology of overcoming procrastination and increasing self-discipline. And so Take the Stairs is a metaphor for doing the things you know you should be doing even when you don't feel like doing them. And so even though that was like a general interest book, it's like, a, it's a, you know, it, it, it hit number two on the New York Times. And that was sort of like a part of how we broke through the wall and sort of like broke into the mainstream. The book was really written for salespeople, even though mm-hmm. it, it wasn't, it's, it's general interest. But that procrastination is to a normal person what call reluctance is to a salesperson. And the reason that most salespeople don't succeed is because of call reluctance and because of distraction. And so that's what the Take the Stairs book really addressed. And so that was all kind of how we like built our built our career out. Yeah, okay, wow. What an interesting uh, uh, way to get started there. I mean, just ripping the pages out of the yellow pages. I love that. And I always have a ton of respect for anybody who started out knocking on doors. Uh, I never knocked on doors. I, you know, started out cold calling and, you know, sort of a boiler room type of environment. Um, but then to, <laughs> I mean, it's such a creative way to try to get people to your event, right? Um, is offering these free trainings to these sales managers to let you talk to their salespeople and then invite them to your event, which was obviously a paid event, right? Yeah. And it's, they would pay to it's come it, to. it was. And, and if you think about all the different types of selling, you know, and so I've also worked in enterprise sales. So there was a stint between when I went door to door, there was a two year window that I was working at a startup SaaS company and uh, I was helped build their inside sales team. They later sold to McAfee. It was a it was an email like filtering solution, um, and so I've done that as well. But that particular model, when we were selling, where we were running these like workshops, involved many different types of selling because it would start on the phone, right? So you had to like yeah. cold call, deal with you know re- receptionists and gatekeepers. 
and get through to the person. And so it was like inside cold calling phone sales. But then what would happen is we would set the appointment and then we would go see the sales manager in person one-on-one. And so then we had like more of an outside sales one-on-one mechanism. And then what, um, once they were sold, like on board with the idea of us just doing the presentation, then we would have to sell to a room full of people. So we would do a presentation, which is a massively different skill set is being able to sell a room full of people at one time. And then we would close for a credit card on the spot. And then if we couldn't close in the room, we would then like basically follow people to their cubicles and do one-on-one closing there. Um, meanwhile, we were also working national accounts, right? And so we would we would sell all of these, you know, like we would sell everyone in a city. Like for example, we started in San Jose. That was where our very first event was. And then after we did, you know, we'd sell tickets for three months. And then after we did the event, we would pack up shop and go to a new city and start all over. And so we would cold call again, but we would work national accounts because we would have relationships with like, oh, the Aflac, you know, we worked with Aflac and Wells Fargo in San Jose. And so now we're trying to like, you know, figure out who their counterpart was. So it was a really difficult job because of the all the different types of selling. Um And so you've got inside sales, you have outside sales, you have relational, like long-term sales, like account management, but then you have very short-term transactional closing, like I need your credit card. I met you an hour ago and I need your credit card. So, but we, but we, we, we love it. Um, And um, over the last few years, we've developed a new methodology that we call pressure-free persuasion, uh, which Mm. is very much what uh, in the future. So we, we, we sold that company in 2018. We were had a non-compete for a while. And so that's where we got into working more with personal brands. Um, you know, we have clients like Lewis Howes or, um, Ed Milet, or, uh, we help a lot of authors do like these big book launches and, and a lot of more of aspiring people, not so much the celebrities, but we do work with some of those folks. Um, and now what we're realizing is that everyone like the individual coach to the small business owner to the enterprise inside phone person to the you know the channel manager account you know management kind of thing everybody needs to learn how to sell and it's it's interesting how it's evolving as the world of social and digital come come along that so you know we really started in sales a lot of what we do today is more of the marketing side more of like you know, content marketing and, you know, using, using your personal brand to drive leads and then, and then selling from there. But, um, we love all of it. Anything marketing and sales, we love it. Well, I mean, sellers these days have to have marketing skills. I mean, like if you're not posting original content, if you're not investing in your personal brand, if you're not, you know, leveraging LinkedIn, if you're in B2B, um, or other platforms, if you're more B2C, um, then you're leaving a lot of money on the table. So how did you guys get into this space? Like, was there something that happened or, did, you know, that you had started investing in your own brand and seeing some of the benefits of there? Like, how did you go from doing this, um, you know, sales training company and exiting that to helping people with their personal brands? Yeah. So, um, well, the, you know, the short of it was we, we had a sudden unexpected exit. And when that happened, 
we, uh, interestingly enough, so when my first book had come out, so Take the Stairs comes out in 2012. I had a second book come out in 2015. Um, I did a TED Talk called How to Multiply Time. My TED Talk went viral. We released another book uh, around the content of How to Multiply Time. It's The book's called Procrastinating on Purpose. And during that course, I had met Lewis Howes, who, um, uh, are you familiar with Lewis? You ever heard of the School of Greatness podcast? Uh, yes, it's a, yes. It's a, it's a really big podcast. So we had been friends because I came on his show. We became friends. And then like to the day that we exited the former company, we hadn't talked to Lewis in years. And he called out of the blue and was like, hey, I know we haven't talked, but I've, my brand is really growing, but I've, I'm pulled in a lot of directions. I wondered if you might be able to help me. Do you have any time open? And so we had no plan of being in this business. Like we just got out of a business. We had been yeah. you know, running hard for a lot of years. And then uh, Lewis came over to our house. We, we spent two days with him. And he said, oh my gosh, this has transformed my life. My business is going to be transformative. I need to tell everybody about this. I know so many people that need this help. I think personal branding is really the future. And, um, you know, I want to have you on the show. So we, I went on this show again and, you know, we had like a thousand leads come in within six months of being on that show. And so now Brand Builders, so Brand Builders Group was born out of that. Um, now we have about 40 people on our team. We've been scaling back up again in the last four years and, uh, we have about 600 clients. And so we help them build and monetize their personal brand. So basically like the, the way that we define personal branding, Colin is simply the digitization of reputation, the digitization of reputation. We believe that reputation precedes revenue and that more and more people want to know who they're buying from. Um, And that's what I was looking over here because um, this isn't just what we think. We actually can prove this because we, um, last year, we conducted a nationwide um, research study, a PhD-led, academically valid, you know, statistically valid sample size weighted to the U.S. census, so at least in the U.S., um, study of the impacts of personal branding. And um, so we were asking Americans, like, all of these different questions related to how much does personal brands, like, how much does it affect their decisions? And we found that 74% of Americans say they are more likely to trust someone who has an established personal brand. Um, And of course, sales is all about trust. But then we took it a level deeper and we asked, are you more likely to buy from an individual who has a personal brand? And 63% of Americans answered that question directly saying, yes, I am more likely to buy from someone who has an established personal brand, meaning I can see who they are. I know what they're about. I know what they believe in. Um, And interestingly enough, 30% of Americans said they are more likely to date someone with an established personal brand. So if you're looking for a date, uh, it can help. It can help too. Start working on your personal brand. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Uh, Those numbers don't surprise me, but I think that some people might be thinking, man, maybe I need to take this a little bit more seriously, right? So do you, do you work with folks that like have done nothing and are trying to establish a personal brand? 
Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, let's talk to those folks for a second. Like, Hey, I'm somebody, I'm convinced this is important. I don't know where to start. What, what do yeah. I do? Well, let, let me not to d- dump a bunch of data on you, but like to that question, you know, when people, if they hit our website and stuff, a lot of times they'll recognize some of the more well-known people that we work with. We work with a number of them, but that's 5% of the people we work with. The vast majority of people we work with are just getting started or are early uh, start. And the reason why I want to bring this up, and I'm going to tie this to this to a data point here, because we're we're big on data and like what actually works and what you can you can track, et cetera. But um people think like when they hear personal branding, they tend to think, oh, I have to be a podcaster or I have to have an information product or I have to launch a course or a membership site or I have to be an author. And um they they kind of equate the two. And that's why we say, don't think like that. Personal branding is not like information products. It's not your logo. It's not colors. It's more fundamental than that. It is your reputation. It's the digitization of your reputation. So it doesn't mean you have to, to publish a book, right? It doesn't mean you have to do that, but it does mean that people want to know who you are. And what I think one of the things that we were shocked, right? The data points I shared earlier were not surprising really to us. It's just helpful to know exactly what the numbers are. But um, we actually asked this question where we said, which of the following, uh, well, actually the way we asked the question is, how important are each of the following when it comes to paying more money for a product or service from someone? And the options on this, Colin, were, they host a podcast. They've given a TED Talk. They have a they have a self-published book, a Wall Street Journal best-selling book, a New York Times best-selling book. They have uh, viral YouTube videos. They have a large social media following. They have a course. They have a website. All of those things that I just mentioned mm-hmm. were lowest on the list. Wow. The highest thing on the list, the number one thing that Americans say will cause them to buy from somebody is they have testimonials about them and their work. 62% of Americans said the most important thing you can show is testimonials from people you've helped. That is LinkedIn recommendations, right? That is that is sh- sharing the stories of people you've worked with on Facebook or on Instagram, but it is, it is not that you have to have millions of followers. In fact, um, my wife, who is again, my business partner, she was my business partner before, but we had other partners and we had an investor and, uh, now it's just me and her and the new company, but, um, she's our, she's our CEO and, uh, her name's AJ and we call this the law of AJ. The law of AJ says you don't need to have millions of followers to make millions of dollars. You don't need millions of followers to make millions of dollars. What you do need is a rock solid reputation. You need you need proof that you know what you're doing. So, in fact, um, the the other you know I mentioned testimonials as number one. Number two was they're paid to consult or advise on their topic. So 56% of Americans said they want to know that you're paid. 55% of Americans said they want to know that you've been paid to speak or train. And and then 52% said you've appeared in the news as a trustworthy um, source. So That one surprises te- me a bit. <laughs> about being in the news? Yeah, yeah. 
I, I mean, that it's, would be it, that high on the list. I know it's 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 fascinating. I mean, here's what was sh- shocking: to the average citizen, there is no difference between being a New York Times bestselling author, a Wall Street Journal bestselling author, or a self-published author. Um, but it does matter that you have testimonials about your work, which is something you can add this afternoon. You don't even need a website, right? Like if you have LinkedIn, you need to get it flooded with recommendations of real life clients who have said, I bought from you. You were ethical. You were honest. You did what you said you were going to do. Your product or your service delivers. If you go to our website, you'll see we just, we have dozens of videos of people who are both you know, quasi celebrities and people you never heard of. And all of them saying, here's my experience working with brand builders group. That's very much because of this data. Anybody can do that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So I am surprised by that. I mean, so basically if you're, if you're thinking about what's the first thing I need to do to build my brand, which, what you're saying, it really has more to do with your reputation, right? is you need recommendations on LinkedIn. You need t- testimonials on your website. I would say that's the priority one is priority get to one work and get those dialed in. Yep. That'd be priority one. Um, the second, the, the second thing that I would say is, is you got to put out, you know, content. Um, and our content marketing strategy is so simple. Okay. Like, all, all you have to do is teach every single thing you know for free. That is our entire content marketing strategy for ourselves, our clients, whether they're brand new or they're very well known, is you teach every single thing you know for free. You, the key is to be useful, right? Is to, is to teach people from your expertise, right? Um, and all of us have an expertise. Mark Twain said, each man is my superior in some way. So teach what it is you know. And it should hopefully be related to the thing that you do every day and the thing that you sell. Like if you're doing something you're passionate about, you're teaching people of, about what that is. Now, sometimes people, like if you're a coach or an expert of some type, which is a, is a big, you know, about 50% of our clients these days are more like coaches, podcasters, speakers, et cetera. Um, they would say, well, Rory, if I teach everything I know for free, why would anybody hire me? And that's the, yeah. the fear, the fear that they have. And it is, a, it's actually, I, I understand the concern, but it is completely fault, a, a complete fault, the concern because people don't pay for information. People pay for organization and application. Like, it's just like people don't buy your product, they buy the result that the product can give them. They don't buy right. your service, they buy the, the transformation that your service provides. Um, and whether you're a mark, if you're, if you're doing copywriting, like in marketing, so one of the, we've got 12 different trainings that make up our curriculum. Um, in one of our trainings, we talk about copywriting. Copywriting is just sales in the written word, it is selling on in through written through the written medium. Well, when when you write great copy, you should describe a day in their life as it will exist in the presence of your solution. That's the same as in a sales conversation. You shouldn't be talking about the facts, features, functions. Okay, we all know this probably, but like we need to be talking about the end result, the goal, the objective that the client is trying to achieve. It's so simple. 
but the massive majority of salespeople don't do it. They they right. get lost in technical details and a bunch of irrelevant, trivial stuff, and they forget that the sale is about what they want and and what is the transformation you you can provide. So whether you're doing that through marketing or you're doing it through conversation and asking questions, it's really the same thing. But People don't pay for information. They pay for application. They, they want the result. So the fear of I'm giving away too much is not the right fear to have. If you're going to have a fear, it should be the opposite. We, we're, not, we're not worried about giving away too much. We're worried about not giving away enough so that even if people find you, they never come back because you didn't give them anything good mm. enough. And so... Part of yeah. uh, another core philosophy here on content marketing is is we say, save the best for first. Save the best for first. Teach the very best thing you know right away. Give Because that's how you build trust. And so, again, at the end of the day, this isn't about funnels and social media and hashtags and trending audio and dancing and pointing. You can do any of those things, okay? But those are all tactics, what we're really after is is principles, right? We don't want to chase temporary tactics. We want to chase permanent principles. The permanent principle here is trust. And people, you know, buy us because they trust us. Well, what makes someone trust us? It's pretty simple. We trust people that we see often. That's why we trust celebrities, right? We literally trust actors. We don't even know who they are in real life. Yeah. Many times we don't even know their name. Why do we trust what products they recommend? Only because we see them. We see them. So we mm. trust people who we see. So people need to see you, right? They need. That's why video is so important. They see you. You go to my Instagram, it's just flooded with 60 second tips. Why? Because people see me. I'm not trying to like say, oh, look, I'm a, I'm a beauty queen or like, you know, look at me. I'm just trying to be useful, but they see you, they trust you. The other thing that makes people trust you is when they learn from you, right? When, when, they, when you help someone, they trust you. If someone comes and saves your dog from getting hit by a car, that builds trust. If somebody helps your kid get into college, that builds trust. If somebody helps you get a client or open a referral relationship, that builds trust. We trust people who help us. So be helpful, be useful. And then um, finally, the, other, the, the last thing in terms of building trust, and this is the one that I was the slowest to catch on, is we trust people that we know intimate details about. Mm. So, you know, if you think about, think about the five people you trust the most in your life. Like if you're just, just think about who that would be. Right. For most of us, that's good. Those people are also going to be people where it's like, we know their favorite foods. We know their biggest mistake in life. We know what makes them awesome. We know what makes them frustrating. We know, um, we know where they live. We know about their kids. We know like what kind of toothpaste they use. Like we, we know intimate details. And when I first got on social media, I was like, this is so stupid. Why would anyone <laughs> give a crap about what I'm well, eating? Yeah, I mean, people and the people think, and you can even take it a layer deeper, right? If you're really just sharing all of you, right? Where people think that that's going to scare people away, but it actually brings them closer. Totally, right? I mean, it totally does. Like, um, 
you know, I share Bible verses on my, in my stories, not on my feed. So one of the ways that we delineate is we, we, this is just like how we do it, but we tell our clients, your feed should be about what you do. Your story should be about who you are. Your feed is what you do. Your stories are who you are. So if you go to my feed, it's just basically education. I mean, we're literally trying to teach the best things we can for free. Like, but then right. if you go into my stories, you'll see pictures of my kids and like, you know, we're at the T-ball game and, you know, here's a Bible verse here and there. And so some people love that. Some people don't, right? Some people go, ah, oh, this guy's a Christian. I don't like that for whatever reason. But other people go, wow, I didn't know this guy, but this guy's a Christian. That's really cool. Like it actually makes them closer, a stronger, what happens is the more intimate details you share of your life, the stronger um, the force is, both the attractive force and the repelling force, right? So you quickly push people away who go, I don't like this. I don't believe what you believe, right? I don't, but, but it also tightly bonds people who go, wow, I do believe what you believe, or I like what you're about. And so that is the future. And, and I mean, look, people buy from people, right? They, they, they buy from you um, because they like you and they trust you. And that's happening more and more and more uh, with the, you know, explosion of digital media. Yeah. And, and the interesting thing there is that it, it brings the right people closer, right? I mean, if, the more aligned you are with the right people, it's going to shorten your sales cycle. It's going to be people that you actually enjoy working with more, right? And it's going to save you the type of clients that, I mean, there's enough people out there. You don't need to work with everybody. You just need to work with the right people. Yeah. And you, you know, going back to that, that law of AJ, you don't need millions of followers. Like you don't need millions of customers. Like many times you don't even need a thousand customers. <laughs> Like most, most of us would get filthy rich if we had a couple hundred people who bought from us this year. Like yeah. you don't need to reach the masses. Like you need to just attract the people who, you know, are into what you're into just to what you're, you're saying, Colin. But it's like, if I, if, if people don't know who I am, first of all, Okay, so one of the things we teach is called the reputation formula. So you go, okay, great. So digitization of reputation, I get it. I like that. How do I build my reputation? Well, it's a simple formula. Results times reach equals reputation. Results times reach equals reputation. So, you know, Mother Teresa had huge positive results and worldwide reach. So she has huge positive reputation. Adolf Hitler had huge negative results times worldwide reach huge negative reputation, right? If you, um, like, and, and so a huge part of this is what is your reach? How many people know about you? It is, if I don't know about you, I can't buy from you. And so you, you've, you've got, you've got to be out there. You've got to be findable. I mean, aren't you, I mean, think about how you buy a product on Amazon. If you go search for vitamin C, are you going to buy the vitamin C that has three reviews or the one that has 37,000 five-star reviews, right? Yeah. Like, and which one is going to show up higher in Amazon's algorithm? It, it's easier for people to buy from you the more they know about you and the more social proof that is around you. And I think this is, this is something that I would say is a danger that 
B2B salespeople in a way are, are some of the later ones to adopt this because they've always thought, well, you know, I'm selling for the company. I'm selling the company's product. Like people aren't yeah. buying, buying from me. And it's like, no, they're buying you. And here's the other thing. When your company lays you off and you go somewhere else, those relationships are going to follow you if they're connected to you because they yeah. want to do business with you. Like I could buy a mortgage or a car from anybody, but I go to my guy because he's like, it's my guy. He's done me right. And I don't care if someone's cheaper. Like I want to do business with my guy because he's my guy. Like, you know, or it's, it's my, my gal. Like you got to, people are, 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 they want to be bonded to you and they will be um, if you, if you make it available to them. Yeah. It's such an important point. I mean, and people are buying from people, not from the company or the brand and people want to follow people and not follow brands as much on social media. Oh, right? so, so totally. So this is another thing that's in our study. So I've got this pulled up here now that I'm, I'm citing, I'm dropping data points. Uh, <laughs> but so like <laughs> one of the things is like, if you look at, um, you know, like Bitcoin has 3 million Twitter followers or 3 million social media followers, but Elon Musk has 60 million. Uh, mm. Coca-Cola has 111 million followers, but Cristiano Ronaldo has 587 million followers. And when he did this thing where he pushed a Coca-Cola to the side, uh, he was on TV and they had it in front of him and he pushed it aside and said, water, it cost Coke millions of dollars. Like, because people follow people. They, they, they right. do. Richard Branson has way more followers than Virgin. Like, it's well, it's they trust people, right? I mean, a person is a, it's a real person that you can connect with, that you can relate with. There's all of these emotions that are tied to a person versus a company or a brand. Bingo. Bingo. Yeah. Yep. Well, there is Rory. Thank you so much. Tons and tons of value in this episode for folks that are trying to get started or even just understand their personal brand or what things matter about their personal brand. Really appreciate you coming on. I know that you have a link that we're going to drop in the show notes for them if they want to, you know, connect with uh, brand builders and get some help with their personal brand. Any other last thoughts? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you can go to colinmitchell.freebrandcall.com, colinmitchell.freebrandcall.com. If you want to, you know, we do the first call with everybody for free. Um, and that's what we do is, you know, one-on-one -on -one personal brand strategy. It's our, our only focus. We don't work with companies. We only work with individual people. So we can work with an executive or a CFO or a CMO, like we can work with, but we brand people. Um, and you know, I, I think, the, the, the other thing, the last thing that I would say about this, when, you know, I look back over the course of, of my career and say, all right, what do salespeople struggle with? That is then also a thing that a lot of people struggle with, with their personal brand. And, um, it's fear, right? When, the call reluctance that we feel is like, oh, what if, you know, what if I catch them at a bad time? What if I say the wrong thing? What if I annoy them? Like what, what, you know, what if they, what if, what if they slam the door on me? It's this self-centered fear. Um, the same thing happens when it comes to putting ourselves out there online. We go, oh my gosh, like, what if I look stupid? Or what if my, what if my high school buddies make fun of me? Or like, what if I, what if I mess up? Or what if the audio sounds crappy? Or like, what if I post it and it looks, you know, the, the formatting is weird. And here's, here's the thing to realize is that 
fear is always self-centered. We always feel fear when we're thinking about ourselves. But there is no fear when the mission to serve is clear. There is no fear when the mission to serve is clear. If there is a how if there's a car turned over on the side of the road and it's on fire, you go to you, when you run over there, you're not worried about how's my hair look? Like or does <laughs> you know, is my does my outfit look nice, right? You're you're going to help somebody. There all fear fades away the more that we focus on serving another person. And so when you're thinking about, oh, my product, my sales talk, my pitch, blah, 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 you're going to feel fear. When you're focused on going, my job is to talk to as many as people as possible to see if this solution can help them. You, call reluctance will evaporate and disappear. But we are so self-centered and so worried about what other people think that we talk ourselves out of stuff all the time. We used to say, you know, and when I was knocking on doors, the toughest door to open is your own car door. It's getting out of your door to go knock on Mrs. Jones's door because you're scared. But but when you go, I'm coming to help to see if if what I have can help. And so you have to hang on to that both in marketing and sales. Um, and just remember, there is no fear when the mission to serve is clear. Rory, thanks so much. Really appreciate you. We'll drop that link in the show notes for everybody. If you enjoyed today's episode, please write us a review, share the show with your friends. It really helps us out. And we're always listening for your feedback. You can go to salestransformation.fm, drop us a voice DM, and we will get back to you. Hey, you stuck around. That tells me you're serious about your own sales transformation. If you're tired of doing things the old way and want to get started in your journey with other people on the same path, head over to salescast.community and crush your numbers on your leaderboard. Yeah, it's free. Salescast.community. Send me a DM with your best pitch and mention this ad, and I might even give you free access to our best templates.